0: Politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast.
1: So the viral video of Will Smith dancing with his Oscar in hand last night to getting jiggy with it. Just a reminder about Hollywood privilege that you could never get away with that but rich and powerful Hollywood liberals can, especially when they're always talking about privilege, 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 privilege. How often are they talking about that, right? Privilege, lecturing us about privilege, mocking Florida, mocking Ron DeSantis. An actor gets on stage and openly, physically assaults a comedian for a joke he doesn't like, and no consequences. You could never do that in real life, you know. <laughs> and then hours later, dancing, dancing with his Oscar as they lecture us about privilege. Good afternoon. Welcome to the podcast. Hope you're having a great Monday. A uh, lot to discuss this afternoon. You know, the, every, I mean, everyone is talking about this, uh, this encounter with Will Smith and Chris Rockinch. I'm sure by now you probably have seen the video. Uh, the question, of course, of was, was it staged or not? Was it was it a fugazi? Um, you know, I, it, it's also interesting, too, that some people have said, oh, well, I don't care. Why should I care about this? Well, I think you should care for a couple of reasons. Number one, if it was real, What does it say about our society that people are allowed to get away with this kind of conduct? I mean, our children are watching, are they not? So I think you should care for that reason. That's just my opinion. But, I mean, you know, you're free to care or not care. It's up to you. I don't know. That's just why I care. The other thing, too, is that if it was staged for ratings, what does that tell you, too, about the state of these award shows? They are so in the tank. Nobody cares anymore. And that's because after year after year after year of them lecturing us, people have stopped being interested in them. So that's another reason why at least I care anyway about the story, but but um, Ron DeSantis had a great response to what happened, but Joe Biden is speaking uh, live at the White House, so what I want to do is I want to take you to what the President is saying right now because, you know, he's, he's taking questions and most likely knowing Joe Biden, he's going to get us into World War III at some point by one of his gaffes. It's certainly possible. It seems like whenever the President says anything right now, he winds up... Uh, saying something that just gets us into, you know, another, another moment where they say, well, that's just, that's just Joe being Joe, right? Ha, 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 they go, uh, and then they, they turn around and, they, and then you realize now that this is something he said that's quite dangerous, so let's take a listen. I doubt that America
2: is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back. But
3: what's getting walked back?
2: It made it sound like, just in the last couple of days, Uh, It sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon. And it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. And we know... None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred.
3: None of the three. Mr. President? You you interpret the language that way. I was talking to the troops. We are talking about helping train the troops in that are the, the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. That's with the context. I sat there with those guys for a
2: couple hours. That's what we talked about. So when you said you're going to see when you're there, you were not intending to see I was referring
3: course. to with, meeting with, and talking with the uh, Ukrainian troops who were in Poland.
2: And when you said a chemical weapon used by Russia would trigger a response in kind?
3: It will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? Russia? I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? You've got to be silly.
2: The world wants
3: to know? The world wants to know a lot of things. I'm not telling them what the response would be. Then, then Russia knows the response. Mr.
1: President,
3: All right, I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to take two more questions. One, two.
1: Mr. President, Thank you.
3: Um, I still want to get back to your original words that he cannot remain in power. Can you help us understand you have more foreign policy experience than any president who has ever held this office? Whether those are your personal feelings or your feelings as president, you understand why people would believe you, as someone commanding one of the largest nuclear arsenals in the world, saying someone cannot remain in power is a statement of U.S. policy? And also, are you concerned about propaganda use of those remarks by the Russians? No and no. Tell me why. You have so much experience. You are the leader of this country. Because it's ridiculous. Nobody believes we're going to take down – I was talking about taking down Putin. Nobody believes that. Number one. Number two, what have I been talking about since this all began? The only war that's worse than one intended is one that's unintended. The last thing I want to do is engage in a land war or a nuclear war with Russia. That's not part of it. I was expressing my outrage at the behavior of this man. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. And it's more an aspiration than anything. He shouldn't be in power. There's no, I mean, people like this shouldn't be ruling countries, but they do. The fact they do, but doesn't mean I can't express my outrage about it. Last question.
1: Thank you. You've said that uh, you're confident that your comment won't undermine diplomatic efforts, but just to be clear, are you confident that Vladimir Putin sees it that way, that he will not use this as an escalatory?
3: uh I don't care what he thinks. Look, here's the deal he's going to do what he's going to do. Putin, look.
1: But you're not concerned that he may see your language and view that as, as a sign of a reason for escalation, use that as an excuse to escalate, given no. his recent behavior?
3: Given his recent behavior, you should, excuse me, I shouldn't say that to you. Given his recent behavior, people should understand that he is going to do what he thinks he should do, period. He's not affected by anybody else, including, unfortunately, apparently his own advisors. This is a guy who goes to the beat of his own drummer. And the idea that he is gonna do something outrageous because I called him for what he was and what he's doing, I think is is just not rational. You didn't
4: say we so. to meet him again. Would you
3: meet President Putin no. ever again? It depends no, it's not a question either. the question is is there something to meet on that would justify him being able to end this war and be able to rebuild Ukraine? So that's issue.
2: Okay. the issue. Sure. Uh, can you just say, Sorry, can you say yes or no, Mr. President, whether or not you would be willing to meet
3: with President Putin It depends again? on what he wants to talk about. Thank
1: you. depends on what he wants uh, to
4: talk about. What if he wanted to talk about, right, exactly. what to talk about negotiations? Right, exactly. Oh, you well,
3: said Supreme Court. I don't quite <laughs> <anything>. Well, <laughs> What if he was talking about anything more, Mr. President? Uh,
4: just real quick, um, t- two matters on the Supreme Court. There, while you were away, um, there were reports about the wife of Justice Thomas and uh, text that she had with former White House Oh, Chief who cares Margaret what a Adams. wife of a justice does? Should Justice does? Thomas recuse himself from any cases involving the January 6th insurrection or former President Trump at this Gee, point? Let me I guess what he's going to
3: say. Okay, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Ask the second question.
4: No, two entities. Go ahead. Sorry.
3: <laughs> One, the January 6th committee and two, the Justice Department. That's their judgment, not mine to make. So
4: on Justice Thomas recusing, you don't think he should or...
3: I'm not, I'm, I said that, I told you, those things get into legal issues that, in fact, I told you I would not tell the Justice Department what position to take or not take, and I'm not going to instruct the Congress either.
4: And did you get any chance to watch much of the Judiciary Committee here? I didn't get a chance to see any of it, unfortunately. Um, the fact that Republicans were questioning Judge Jackson on matters like former sentences related to child pornography cases or the definition of a woman. Does that, as the former chairman of the Judiciary Committee, make sense to you? Look,
3: this is one of the most qualified nominees ever nominated for the Supreme Court in every respect, in terms of her disposition, her intellectual capacity, her experience and background, serving on two, three additional courts, a woman who is totally, thoroughly qualified, totally, thoroughly qualified, and will be a great addition to the court in my view. Thank you.
4: Thank you, sir. Do you think that Russia is behind poisoning those
1: here? Okay, so a couple of takeaways from there. Number one, uh, this guy is, is he's all over the place. I mean, he's all over the place. A few minutes before I I jumped into this, he now says he does support regime change in Russia again. And then he turned around and he said he doesn't again. He's all over the place. He can't figure anything out. Why did they ask him if he thinks Will Smith should have hit uh, Chris Rock? They should have asked him that. Here, take a listen to what Biden said a little while ago. Donald, NBC. Thank
4: you, Mr. President. Do you believe what you said? Thank you, sir. Do you believe what you said that Putin can't remain in power? Or do you now regret saying that because your government has been trying to walk that back? Did your words complicate matters?
3: Well, yes, three different questions. I'll answer them all. Number one, I'm not walking anything back. The fact of the matter is I was expressing the more outrage I felt toward the way Putin is dealing and the actions of this man. Just just brutality. Half the children in Ukraine. I just come from being with those families. And, uh, and so, uh, but I want to make it clear, I wasn't then nor am I now articulating a policy change. I was expressing the moral outrage that I feel and I make no apologies
4: for personal it. Personal feelings, sir? Personal, Your personal my, feelings? My personal
3: feelings. Secondly, you asked me about, uh, well, what was the second does part?
4: Does it complicate the diplomacy of this moment?
3: No, I don't think it does. You know, uh, the, uh, uh, the fact is that we're in a situation where uh, um, what complicates the situation at the moment is the uh, the escalatory efforts of Putin to uh, continue and engage in carnage—the kind of behavior that uh, that makes the whole world say, "My God, what is this man doing?" That's what complicates things a great deal. And uh, um, but I, I don't think it complicates it at all.
4: Mr.
2: President, uh,
1: your Let me go. So he, he's. He also doesn't think that his words have meaning. Think about this now. He's the president of the United States, and he, he, doesn't, he doesn't think his words have meaning. And he says, th- Putin's going to do what Putin's going to do. So what's the point? Putin's going to do whatever Putin's going to do. As if the United States has no ability to do anything to deter Putin here. This is amazing. I mean, the, this, is the, this is the worst leadership we've ever heard in our lives. In our lives. This is unbelievable. Uh, I, I, I mean, it's almost, you get flabbergasted by this. Honestly, if it wasn't for Kamala Harris, I think there'd be the 25th amendment. I really, I, I, I really do. It's, I, he's out, he's out of it. I mean, come on, let's be honest. You know it and I know it. Everybody knows it. People are afraid to say it. I don't know why they should, because before we start World War III, because we have a, a guy who's, who's out of it in the, in the Oval Office. I mean, this is, this is no joke here. No joke. There's no joke. This is no joke. This guy could start World War Three. World War Three. Nuclear Weapons. All the media used to get mad about tweets. Remember uh, Trump's tweets that we're gonna start World War Three? This freaking Biden, he's all over the place, this guy, with what he's saying here. He's 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 he he wants regime change, he doesn't want regime change. He wants regime change again, Putin's gotta go. He didn't mean regime change, now Putin's gotta go. Putin doesn't have to go, Putin has to go. Is it? What well which is it? Which is it? This is the problem right now. We have no idea where he where he is on anything. It's so frustrating. I mean it really is. And it's a little bit scary to be honest with you. It's a little bit scary because I think for for, for one particular thing, I, I you know, I, I'm of the mindset that says possibly now, maybe, just a little bit maybe, we have to deal with the fact that Vladimir Putin might think the president has lost his freaking mind. He doesn't have a mind anymore. Do you think about that for a moment? You ever think about that? What Putin thinks in terms of, of that? Secondly, too. When you when you want to make a, a comment about the troops uh, going to Ukraine, and then he turns around and he just tells Peter Ducey, "I didn't say that. I didn't say that's not what I said. I didn't say that. I never said. I what? I never said that." Oh man, maybe he doesn't think he ever sent that. Said that. Maybe he doesn't think that. Maybe he thinks that he j- just said something completely different. Who knows with him? I really don't. I don't. I really don't know. But then Blinken, of course, remember on on Sunday, had to go back and walk back Biden's comments. This is what I mean. We have to we have the secretary of state has to go play cleanup on aisle seven because the president keeps stepping in it.
0: With regard to um, uh, the president's incredibly uh, powerful speech uh, yesterday, um, I think uh, the president, the White House, uh, made the point last night that, quite simply, uh, President Putin cannot be empowered to wage war uh, or engage in aggression. Uh, against Ukraine uh, or anyone else. As you know, and as you've heard us say repeatedly, we do not have a strategy of regime change in Russia or anywhere else for that matter. Uh, In this case, as in any case, it's up to the people of the country in question. It's up to uh, the Russian people. But what we do have is a strategy to strongly support uh, Ukraine. We've been doing that um, and rallying partners and allies around the world uh, to do that.
1: And then Mike Morrell, I don't know if With you heard this or not, um, Mike uh, Morrell, who incredible- was the former acting director of the CIA under President Obama. This is what he said in regards to Biden's calls for regime change.
0: Mike, I want to ask you about the President Biden's speech uh, in which he said that Vladimir Putin cannot remain in power. He also framed this conflict as totalitarianism versus freedom. What did you make of those two remarks?
1: So I think um, his comment that Putin um, had to go was an unforced error. Um, it makes it it strengthens Putin at home, makes it difficult for any domestic opposition to coalesce together.
0: And no Russian citizen, none um, wants to be. T-
1: yeah, it It really is. It is problematic. No doubt about that. Uh, an unforced error that strengthens Putin. This is a mess. I mean, this is a real problem. You know it and I know it, too. You know it and I know it. Let me turn my attention here for a moment, too. There'll be more coming out about uh, obviously what the president said i jumped into it a little bit late but there's some other things i want to bring to your attention so the walt disney company put out a statement disney disney world put out a statement i should say regarding the florida bill that ronda stanis has now officially signed into law that's the parental rights and education bill basically says look we're not going to teach you your kids about transgender and sex and 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 lgbtq issues and sex in general uh kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade. I think it's incredibly reasonable. I think that this is where the left loses their mind all the time and goes insane. And this is why they're turning off parents everywhere, uh, Democrats and Republicans, because they go too extreme on this stuff. And this is why I say Republicans should fight like hell for stuff like this. DeSantis is winning. DeSantis is winning. If the left wants to have this culture war, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. Because most people, uh, normal people agree with Ron DeSantis. I'm telling you that. They, They agree with him. Uh, the statement from Walt Disney company read in part, uh, this is it, Florida's HB 1557, also known as a don't say gay bill. By the way, the only people that think of it as a don't say gay bill when they say it's also known as that are people in the, on the left in Hollywood and, and Disney and other places like that. It, It doesn't say don't say gay anyway. Florida's HB fifteen fifty-seven, also known as the Don't Say Gay bill, should never have passed and should not have been signed into law. Our goal as a company is for this law to be repealed by the legislature or struck down in the courts, and we remain committed to supporting the national and state organizations working to achieve that. We are dedicated to standing up for the rights and safety of LGBTQ members of the Disney family, as well as the LGBT plus community in Florida and across the country. Now, This is, once again, a classic scenario of Disney responding to its own employees. Because as I've been telling you, what happens is these corporations hire woke students, woke college graduates... They go to college, the indoctrination happens, although it's happening earlier and earlier, then they graduate from college and then these companies hire them and they infiltrate these companies like a virus and this is what happens. Okay? This is what this is what occurs. It's the employees again, just like with Netflix, just like Spotify when they were outraged over Joe Rogan, it was the employees of Spotify. It wasn't Spotify customers who wanted Joe Rogan gone, it was employees. It wasn't Netflix customers that were canceling their subscriptions left and right because of Dave Chappelle. It was Netflix employees. It's not. It's not Disney customers canceling their trip to Disney World because because they uh, they they don't like what the uh, the Florida Don't Say Gay bill. It's Disney's employees. You see the pattern here. It is the employees of these lefty companies that infiltrate these companies and then take it over with their leftist propaganda. And this is the same thing that keeps happening over and over again. And until you tell these employees shut the hell up and do your job and don't worry about it. Then it's never going to end. It's never going to end. But these companies bend over backwards to please these people. And it's 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 amazing to me. But you know, it, it's it's interesting, right? Because Disney's not putting out any statements about China, where they eagerly do business, where they where they filmed, where thank the government that imprisons Uyghurs, you know, the Muslim minority students. So Disney is opposed to the part of the bill, I guess, that bars sexual gender identity instruction for K through three students. Hmm. Amazing. So just think about that if you want to take your kids to Disney. I mean, just think about the fact of, of where your money goes. This is the problem. This is the problem. Well, Ron DeSantis doesn't care. I mean, this is what's great. Ron DeSantis is winning. And last night at the Academy Awards, they did their usual stuff where they, they you know they kept saying gay over and over again. Ron DeSantis uh he just pushes back on this stuff. Take a listen
0: that there's even people in Hollywood that are, that are opposed, um, you know, to, to, to providing protections for parents and enforcing parents' rights. You know, the one thing I'll say about that is if the people who held up degenerates like Harvey Weinstein up as exemplars and as heroes and as all that, if those are the types of people that are opposing us on parents' rights, I wear that like a badge of honor.
1: Exactly right. This is what I mean. He's winning. He is winning when it comes to this culture war nonsense. And the left, again, this is just another example of them being so completely out of touch with everything. So completely out of touch with everything that there possibly is. And that's no joke. That's no joke. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zeoli podcast. You see, the problem is right now that... Biden's words have such consequences as the president of the United States of America, the RNC, the Republican National Committee, put a little side by side together here, of Biden saying stupid things on this overseas trip. I mean, what a disaster this is, right? Usually presidents go overseas in a time of war and come back as heroes. But this president comes back and they have to keep cleaning up his messes because he just can't help himself. So this is a little side by side of the of the, the, the comment, the idiotic comment, and then the staff having to clean it up.
3: For God's sake, this man cannot remain powerful.
1: The White House trying to make clear in the aftermath, or making very clear in the aftermath, he was not, in fact, calling for
0: regime change.
3: And you're gonna see when you're there, and some of you have been there, you're gonna see, you're gonna see women Young people standing, standing in the middle of the front of a damn tank.
2: White House officials are telling us that President Biden does not intend to send U.S. troops into Ukraine. If chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military response from NATO?
3: It would trigger a response in kind.
0: The United States has no intention of using chemical weapons, period, under any circumstance.
1: Biden was asked today: Are you are you are you walking God's back? Sake. Are you walking back your your regime change? Are you walking that back? This Is what I mean. He's all over the place. Do you
4: believe what you said that Putin can't remain in power, or do you now regret saying that because your government has been trying to walk that back? Did your words complicate matters?
3: Well, yes. Three different questions. I'll answer them all. Number one: I'm not walking anything
1: back. Not walking anything back. So what's going on here? What what's 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 going on here? Uh, by the way I wanted to make a, a point too you know there are so many people out there today who are praising Will Smith for slapping Chris Rock one of those is a writer from Philly Mag uh, when did it become okay when did violence become cheered on like this that's what I want to know when did when did violence get cheered on in, in such a manner so Philly mag, they have a piece here. Chris Rock, I'm sorry, Will Smith went West Philly on Chris Rock. And he should have by Ernest Owens. Before winning his first Academy Award, hometown hero Smith slapped the comedian for insulting his wife. Many were displeased that the usually cheerful actor resorted to violence, but I'm not one of them. I see it as a wake-up call to those who choose to F around and find out. Bad things happen in Philadelphia, and they can apparently happen at the Oscars as well, he writes. He talks about the slap. And he goes on to commend him for this. Con- commend him for going up there and punching a guy in the face. Not all jokes are funny, and powerful people shouldn't be allowed to use them to deflect accountability. Chris Rock is a multimillionaire who's been in comedy for decades. Do you really- so-, so now it's okay to punch comedians for jokes you don't like? Is that what it is now? We can do this at parks, I guess, when we have our next comedy night? Go up there on stage and punch the guy in the face if you don't like a joke he makes. Or if comedians are joking around with the crowd, you can go up there and just knock him out. And then what happens? What happens to you if you do that? I'm just curious. We all witness what happens when individuals like Chris Rock choose to, as they say, F around and find out. Will simply taught him Philly style. So that's Philly style now. We commend this. We praise this. We we openly use violence. And I, I mean, the culture of violence is real. Obviously, look at our city. Look at the crime rate in our city. He writes, there are times when jokes can be so harmful that you can't smile them off because doing so would embolden the culprit. Sometimes those who have a, 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 a something or other for crossing the line need to be reminded where that line is. Some might feel Will's action set a bad example. I'm not concerned. Adults should know how to act, including rock. It was a it was a it was a, it was a joke. While it's easy to chastise Will Smith for physically assaulting someone at the Oscars, it's also important to recognize the dynamics. A black woman was being insulted about her appearance and health diagnosis by an influential man in a predominantly white space where women like her are often ridiculed. Does he not realize Chris Rock is black? Had Will not stepped up in that moment, the situation could have become a running joke, one that might have caused harm to other black women who struggle with alopecia. So you get it? So again, harm, they would be harmed by his words, and because to the left, in the left's mind, words are weapons, like what Cher said, words are like weapons, they wound sometimes, because words to the left are weapons, you're allowed to then use physical violence, because there's no difference, in in the mind of a leftist, there's no difference between words that are said and physical violence, Six and stones may break my bones, nope, no, no, no more, words can never hurt me, words are more dangerous, so therefore use six and stones if you don't like what somebody says, Use sticks and stones if you don't like what somebody says, because words are weapons and they create harm. And if it wasn't dealt with, if that punch wasn't dealt with, then this harm would have been perpetuated. This is how the left thinks. This is the mind of a leftist right there. Great example of that for you. Great eye opening for that. You know Howard Stern compared Will Smith to Trump. I don't know why Trump. They, they got, the interesting thing too is the left cannot help but bring Trump into everything now. Yeah, so Howard Stern put out this one of his dumb statements, and he was going on. He goes, "Will Smith's just like Trump, the two of them." I can't play it for you because it's, it's full of f bombs. Because Howard Stern literally cannot say cannot go a single minute without dropping the f word, which I think is a filler for him at this point. And the f word for him at this point is is it's like somebody saying the word um. It's just a filler. It really is because when you don't have anything to say you use words like that to fill it if you don't if you don't if you have no words to say or if you're just somebody who isn't anymore uh, doesn't have the ability anymore to really create compelling content so you just drop the f bomb a lot of times and it eats up time i guess so i guess that's my take on it is that we should not be celebrating and cheering on this idea that we punch comedians in the face because we don't like what they say. Chris Rock did a great job, though, of um, of taking it. You know what I mean? Of, of doing his job of, of, of being a comedian and saying a joke and and then not hitting Will Smith back and then just going on with the show. I mean, it was his job. He was his job. He was there to lampoon and make jokes about people. But um, this, this, this idea that words are, are weapons and these are microaggressions and then we are allowed to use violence... In response to that, that's a scary practice. Like I just tweeted, you know, somebody just tweeted me and says, I don't, I don't care about this. And I said, well, I think you should care because society should say that it's, oh, it's not okay. We don't physically assault comedians over jokes we don't like. You should also care, I think, because the left is cheering this on because they equate words to actions and that is dangerous for speech in general with all their, their microaggressions and everything else that they're constantly talking about. So you should should care, I think. But again, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just, you know, you care or you don't. What can I tell you? But I think that just waving it off because it's, oh, there's bigger fish to fry out there in the world. Actually, I don't know. I mean, comedians and people that create content like myself are under fire all the time. If somebody comes up to me on the street one day and punches me in the face because they don't like what I said, are they going to be justified because... Good, good for them for punching that conservative blowhard in the face. He deserves it. Probably. Because I've triggered somebody with my hateful words. I've made somebody feel unsafe. So you have to realize that the left is doing everything they possibly can to make this argument that words make people feel unsafe. Therefore, words should be banned. Words should be censored. If you think about this in college campuses today, for example, college students are afraid to speak out on things take Leah Thomas, for example, they're afraid to speak out and say that this biological male should not be swimming with female athletes. They're afraid to say anything because they don't want to be canceled. They don't want to be kicked out of school. Cancel culture is real because the left has convinced everybody that words are that words have the exact same status as a physical weapon. And so if you use words that hurt people, that's just as bad as if you take a sledgehammer to their head. Got it? And so if, you, if we embrace that as a society, if we embrace that, then, then it justifies violence in return to words. It justifies violence in response to words. That's why Will Smith is getting cheered on today. Because in their mind, there have been so many microaggressions, words that have been said by privileged people against other people that are victims of something, and then that's just as harmful as a physical punch, so then it's totally acceptable to give a physical punch back in response. That's the problem. I think it's a it's a it's it, this is a this is a major problem for for freedom of speech, major problem for freedom of speech. Uh, you know, on March sixth of twenty twenty, we did an event with Mark Levin, the great one, and I were in South ride, Jersey, and we had a really uh, and don't good own event a car. Oops, under the plan. Here, riders would there.
2: enjoy free.
1: Um, we had a really good event, and I remember asking him on stage at night. I said, "Are we?" Is the United States, are we subjects? You know, have we become subjects? And we had a great conversation about that fact. This was pre-COVID, obviously. This was right before the lockdowns. This was like the last big event we had. There were, you know, 1,300 people at the event. I don't think anyone got COVID, uh, amazingly, right, considering. But nevertheless, uh, there's a great piece I read from Reason.com. COVID revealed America to be a nation of rulers, not of laws. Life is returning to quote-unquote normal after two years, but that normal includes even fewer limits on executive powers. The United States is a nation of laws badly written and randomly enforced, noted the late musician and satirist Frank Zappa. I often think of that snarky comment as I write about the sausage-making process in city councils, state legislatures, and the federal government. California state government, for example, has 518 agencies, boards, and commissions. This is Steve Greenhunt writing this at Reason. Our system of checks and balances, more checks, additional balances, impact reports, legal challenges, voter initiatives, regulatory rulemakings, and administrative hearings further frustrates people who want to get something done. Americans spent $14 billion on the 2020 election cycle to influence political outcomes, and that was just for the presidential and congressional races. And he goes on to talk about, how throughout COVID, we realized how much power executives like Gavin Newsom and others, I mean, Tom Wolf, King Philip the Unaccountable, how much power these individuals have. And, and when they put in their, their, their powers over us, the vast authority under these executive emergencies and how many courts along the process said that it's okay for them to do it. Meaning that if you actually look through the course of COVID, their power increased One of the lasting legacies of COVID, if you want to say what long COVID, well, long COVID is that these executives, these these powerful people have even more power today. These these powerful people have even more power today because the courts upheld so many of their executive orders, almost all of them, from vaccine mandates to mask mandates to, to, to all their lockdowns and shutting down businesses. The overwhelming amount of court opinions, majorities that, uh, that gave governors and mayors the right to do these things. It's scary. That's one of the lasting things about, about COVID that we must really, I mean, truly understand. You can't, you can't forget that fact. That is something that's going to be going on for a long time, a very long time, by the way, I don't know if you know this or not. And I always think about this too, but whenever I'm, I'm having a bad day or something like that, I always think to myself, well, how can I, how can I cheer myself up? How can I make myself happy? You know, what can I do to make myself happy and how can I do it? One of the things I love to think about doing is calling out complete and utter BS, whatever it happens. That makes me happy. Did you know that, for example, with Leah Thomas, there was a picture of her that was done by photographer Erica Denhoff. And she was stunned and upset by the Today Show's modification of the photo of Leah Thomas, the transgender athlete who has outplaced female swi- swimmers throughout the season, the biological male known as Leah Thomas. And the, the photographer said she was disappointed by the show's editing. She said, I pride myself on providing authentic images as a photojournalist, she told the Washington Examiner. But she noticed the softening of Thomas's face, which eliminated rougher imperfections that might appear more masculine and figured that the move was intentional on NBC's part, she told the publication. It's really important as photojournalists that we transmit authentic photos that have not been altered. When I first noticed the airbrushing on the segment reference, I thought somebody was honestly wrong with the video. But then I watched it again and thought, wait a minute, this appears to be intentional. Leah's features are softened. And the artist is is a graduate of the University of Pennsylvania. I then went to my original photo on the sites that they could access to license the photo and compared it and immediately saw a difference. The photographer had been recruited to capture the performances of the swimmers, including Thomas and others, at multiple tournaments. She told the Washington Examiner she happened upon her modified photo online, and she was following the news to see how many images might have been used to tell Leah's story. She said, to me, it definitely seems like something was going on with this airbrushing nose reduction of all of Leah's photos in the segment, she said, in reference to a particular Today Show episode from last week, which featured a photo of Thomas that seemed to minimize harsh lines. My photo that the Bay license was an authentic photo, Denhoff said. I'm surprised and disappointed that today altered my image of Leah for this particular news segment. Since Thomas dominated the competition last week, some female athletes have accused the swimmer of robbing them of their chances of advancing to the finals because of a distinct disparity in biological advantage. While Thomas's wins have been celebrated by progressive pundits in mainstream media, such as NBC, they've been condemned by many Republicans and conservative circles, who claims that this inclusion has been regressive for women's rights. Well, of course it has been regressive for women's rights. And forget about even just the competition of itself and what kind of an advantage it bestows upon biological uh, uh biological males who swim as females. But think about it from this perspective. How many girls are not able to get a seat on the t- on the team because a, a Leah Thomas is pushing them out? So they work really hard their entire lives and then they can't get on the team because Leah Thomas is taking their spot. You see what I mean? And that's a, that's a terrible thing. That's a really terrible thing. because uh, unfortunately, they are then deprived of their ability to be able to compete. Because we've allowed a biological male to take their place. So if you cheer, cheer for feminism, if you cheer, cheer for women, if you cheer for women's athletics, how can you turn around and say that that's okay? Where are the people defending feminism? Where are the people defending feminism today? That's what I want to know. Where, is, where are they? Where are they? That's, that's the question that I have. And nobody seems to be able to answer this. But let me give you with this. Uh, Steve Kornacki breathlessly today discussing Biden's approval rating, uh, Biden's approval rating, which is in the tank. And and Kornacki's got his khakis on, and he's all fired up right now. And I want to remind you of something, too. YouTube has censored the debate from the Pennsylvania Family Policy Council. I, I talked a lot about this on the show this morning. I've been tweeting about it. I'd love for you to retweet that. we got to get attention out on this point. For YouTube to censor a Republican debate is a scary, terrifying prospect. It really is is talk about depriving people the ability to hear from candidates running for governor of Pennsylvania but man that is just a dangerous precedent for big tech to be able to have this much power it really is it's a very dangerous and scary precedent but this is how bad right now Biden's numbers are this is uh this is a report here from MSNBC of all the far right MSNBC take a listen Talk to us, Steve,
4: about what these job approval ratings numbers show and what that's saying to you.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, they show, first of all, the headline, a decline for the president. Our new numbers here the NBC poll give him an approval rating of just 40 percent. Compare that to the last time we took a poll a couple months ago in January. He's down three points from 43 down to 40. So what's driving these numbers? One interesting thing is it may not be covid at least not to the degree it was before. This is the president's job approval rating when it comes to his handling of COVID. And you see he's now over 50% back above water on this. That's actually a change in the right direction for Biden since our last poll. Now, if you cases have come down, you see mask regulations going away, life may be feeling a little more normal to some people here. Biden's handling of COVID, he's actually improved there. And yet, as we say, the overall approval rating is down. So what is driving it? Here's one thing. You mentioned it, the Handling of Russia and Ukraine. There's broad consensus in the poll when you talk about who Americans perceive as the good guys and the bad guys when it okay. comes to this conflict. But the president's handling of it only a 41 percent approval rating right there. And then there is this. And I think this is the big one we've been asking since the start of Biden's president. Before
1: we get to the big one, which is the economy, usually presidents who are tanking on the economy. When there's a war going on, usually their poll numbers go up. But Biden's such a freaking disaster with all the things he says about when you're in Ukraine, you'll see and we need regime change. All this stuff. He's such a freaking disaster that he's upside down on his handling of Ukraine. Think about that. That's the opportunity. It's literally they made a movie called Wag the Dog where they literally could boost a president's approval rating by faking a war, getting the United States involved in a war. He doesn't even have to get us involved in a war. He cannot get his poll numbers up no matter what. He cannot get his poll numbers up no matter what. This is amazing to me. Oh, man, this guy is such a freaking disaster. We haven't even got to the economy part of this yet.
0: How do you think he's handling the economy? And just look at this trend line. The first time we tested it back in April of 2021, he had a 52% approval rating on the economy. And every single poll since then, that number has come down. And now it's hit a new low. He is down to just a 33% approval rating on the economy. This is basically two to one disapprove on the economy. And this comes as voters are saying that what is on their mind most? Well, they are thinking about that the Russian Ukraine right. war, But that's not one or two. One and two is cost of living, jobs in the economy. So you add that together with Biden's, the voters' assessment of Biden on the economy. And I thought this is another interesting question we asked here. We basically said, hey, look, both of these things are important. Let's stipulate that. But what do you think the president's top priority should be? Should it be helping to reduce inflation, improve the economy, or helping to end the Russia-Ukraine war? Again, more than a two-to-one margin. Folks saying it should be helping to improve the economy helping to improve the inflation. What a
1: disaster. It just can't, it can't, oh man. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day today.